Welcome back to the Strong Babe Collective podcast, where we are here to chat all the tools, tricks, and tangible steps that will help you call in the freedom, impact, and abundance you are here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I'm a coach, course creator, and your host, and I'm here to help you blend strategy with spirituality so that you can step into your power fully. Every week, you'll hear from me and our incredible guests on the show. So let's dive right into today's episode. Girl, I know what it's like when it comes to feeling like you have to try and force your content in a way that is going to start to build your business. Trust me when I say I've been there. I know what it's like to be in that place of feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to write. If I write this, is it going to be the right thing for my audience? Are they going to know what it's like to work with me? Is it going to be what's going to help me to help people make transformations? Like seriously, all of that. I have been there. You guys know this, you know, my journey, you know, exactly where I've been in the past with my business, where it was really coming from that masculine energy of forcing and pushing and just really feeling like it was such a difficult process. But you also know the shifts that I've made over time where it's really been coming into that state of flow, ease, place of service, and just coming into alignment with what it is that you are here to do. And when you do that, that is where the magic happens. When you combine the woo with the work, when you really blend the spirituality with the strategy, that is where the magic is. And that is where you truly connect to the people who need you. When you come from that place of service, you create massive value and you show up as the voice with the answers that people need. Now, I understand that when it comes to creating content, sometimes this can feel a little bit hard. And that's why I've put together a free guide for you called Captions That Call In Soulmate Clients. And inside I'm sharing with you the three shifts that will up level your caption game and have you calling in aligned clients from a place of ease. I'm really breaking down the process that I go through when it comes to creating all of my content and it's going to make it so easy for you to connect with the people that need you. You can download this guide totally free by heading to the link in the show notes below. And I'm so excited to hear the up levels that it takes you through. Once you've got your guide, make sure that you do tag me on Instagram in your story so that I see it. And I'm so excited to see the magic that you create online. Okay, so because you are listening to this, I know that you are either a female entrepreneur or a woman who is here for more. And because of that, I am willing to bet that at some point in your life, you have come up against the cheeky little thing called perfectionism. Hands up, ladies. Hands up. Okay, both my hands are in the air right now. I am first to say that perfectionism is something that I went through, suffered from, put the label on myself, whatever you want to call it, for a lot of my life. And as part of my personal development journey over the last few years, this is definitely something that I've done a lot of work around. Yes, I definitely still have moments where it comes up, but I am very quick to recognize that perfectionism is not a badge of honor. (laughs) And that done is better than perfect. Seriously, perfectly imperfect is something that I really try to live by. And it's something that allows me to take massive, messy action when it doesn't feel like it's exactly perfect or before I feel ready, all those sorts of things. And that's how I've been able to really up level my life, my business, absolutely everything so quickly over the last couple of years. Now, because this is something that I've obviously been through and I'm so passionate about, 
I am so excited to welcome today's guest to the show. Today, I am sitting down with Sam Laura Brown, who helps perfectionists to beat procrastination, to overcome perfectionism and to become their best selves. Sam is a mindset coach, a host of the top rated podcast, The Perfectionism Project, and she is the founder of Perfectionists Getting Shit Done, a global membership community for recovering perfectionists. Sam literally speaks to my soul. (laughs) I love this gal. I felt so connected to her instantly as soon as we started speaking. And we dive into a lot of topics inside of this episode that I know are going to help you so much. Like I said, Sam and I connected amazingly. I feel you'll hear when I talk through the episode, I just felt like she was talking to me for like the first 25 years of my life, just like identifying so many things that for me were really holding me back at the time that I didn't even realize. Um, And then obviously I've done a lot of work through, but I'm just so excited to bring these shifts to you now on this episode so that you can make these shifts yourself and start to release a lot of the things that might be holding you back, even though you don't actually realize it. Seriously, every good thing is inside of this episode in terms of taking massive action, in terms of giving yourself permission to show up and to share, in terms of letting go of shame and guilt, letting go of perfectionism, not feeling like you have to be the expert. Seriously, all the good stuff. So strap in, get your journals ready, take the mental notes, whatever you need to do, but just get so excited because this episode is just full of all the good stuff. (laughs) Now, without any further ado, I'm going to welcome the beautiful Sam Laura Brown to the episode. Please do make sure that if you do enjoy this one, that you do go and leave a five-star review over on iTunes. It truly means the world. And also screenshot your favorite parts of the episode and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Taylor Ray Peters so that I know you are loving it and I can send you some love right on back inside of the DM. Gorgeous, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to connect. It's always nice. And we were saying before we started recording, you know, we don't really know how we sort of like came about. I have no idea how I started following you, but I feel like the universe was just like, hey, another Aussie gal. Like, let's bring these two together. So it's always nice to have a fellow Australian on the show. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. And I really feel like what we both share is so aligned and I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so excited to have you on and to be bringing your message and your light to our listeners. Honestly, I love everything that you stand for. Like I was saying to you off air, like looking at your website and your Instagram and how you show up online, like it's so crystal clear and I just love your messaging and I love that you're so like unapologetic about exactly who you serve, which I think is sometimes it's something that sometimes people struggle with is getting that super clear clarity. And I just love that you have that clarity. So I just, yeah, it's amazing how you show up. And for those that don't know you give us a bit of an insight into who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. So I work with perfectionists. I help them beat procrastination, overcome perfectionism and become their best selves. So I have a podcast called The Perfectionism Project. And I also have a membership called Perfectionists Getting Shit Done. So those are the two main ways that I help perfectionists. And I got into that because I realized when I started my business that I was a perfectionist. So actually, when you're talking about my messaging being so clear, when I started, I didn't even know anything about perfectionism and what it is and that I was a perfectionist. So it's really been such a journey. And I think business is the best personal development tool there is. It brings up all the shit you need to work on. And that definitely happened to me. And then from that, I have then begun 
helping perfectionists and really sharing openly and honestly my journey and the ups and downs of it because I think in the personal development world, it's easy to think it's just all of these nice inspirational quotes and that the people who are growing a lot are always feeling happy and bubbly and positive. But really from what I know and everyone I know who's doing real personal development, it feels like shit. It feels so uncomfortable. It feels like you're going backwards. It feels like day to day, there's no progress actually happening. And it's only when you really look back and you're like, oh wow, I have grown so much. Mm -hmm. But I really love sharing the ups and downs of my own journey. And then also lessons about perfectionism and everything like that, because I just really crave that real relatable advice myself. So good. And I think that it's something that so many of us are going to be able to relate to. I know that I definitely can. I'm someone that used to be like, I'm such a perfectionist. And I used to wear it as such a badge of honor, which now knowing what I know, it's like, it's not really serving you. Don't affirm it to yourself. Like, but I know that for a lot listening, it will definitely, there'll be tendencies of it or it'll be something that they still identify with. And so I'm really excited to dive into that. But before we get into all of that, what I want to talk about is how you shifted from someone who had that going on in your life to realizing like, okay, I'm going to move through this and then turning that like, that thing that you are passionate about into your purpose. Cause that's what a lot of girls listening. I get so many DMS about this. Like I really want to show up. I want to start a business or a side hustle, but I don't know what I'm here to do or how to do that. Like I've got things I'm passionate about, but how do you figure it out? How did you figure it out? What did that look like for you? Yeah. I'm such a big believer in that action creates clarity. And I don't think I would have ever been able to think up where I am today because I needed to go through the process of not knowing to actually figure it out. So when I started my blog, I was 22 and I actually got into that through listening to podcasts, which is why I'm so passionate about podcasts. So it was 2013 and I was just sick of listening to radio ads. And so I found the TED Talk podcast and then it recommended business podcasts. So I never even had any intention of starting my own business. And a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I just can't work for anyone else, but I can work for other people. Like I didn't have that thing. I could actually be really happy in that life. So I kind of just stumbled upon it. And then after about six months of listening to these business podcasts, I was like, oh, maybe I could start a blog. They all had blogs and online businesses. And so I started my blog. And at the time I wrote about how to make the most of your twenties, because that was what I was trying to figure out for myself. So in terms of how to begin figuring out what you want to do for me, that the answer to that was just documenting what I was trying to figure out myself. I didn't have any advice or wisdom. It was really like, oh, here's this article that I liked or here's this podcast episode. And then over time, I began to develop a voice and an opinion on things and felt more confident in sharing that. But it was when I started that blog that I actually realized I was a perfectionist because before that I had all of the tendencies, of course, like the procrastination, people pleasing, overthinking, leaving things to the last minute, but it served me in school. I did really well. And a lot of perfectionists, like when you're in that school academia bubble or when you're working for someone else and there's external deadlines, you can actually do well with perfectionism, even though you're burnt out, stressed, all of that stuff it's bearable because you're getting the praise and you're achieving the things. But it was when I started my blog that it actually became a problem because I was so scared to tell anyone in my real life about my blog. I just thought, who am I to be sharing this? I don't know anything. And so I just kept it a secret. 
I also thought at the time I had a really big motivation problem. I didn't realize it was perfectionism, even though after posting, I would go and edit the post I'd already published. And I didn't realize that that was me just wanting everything to be perfect. And so we can go deeper into what perfectionism really is, but it was in starting the blog and then being curious about, oh, why am I so in my own way? And then discovering the work of Brene Brown and other people like that and slowly just piecing it together and sharing my journey through that. And it was only about a year ago now that I really rebranded to talking to perfectionists because that was always underpinning it but it wasn't clear to anyone else. So I rebranded away from smart twenties, which is what it was previously called to really talking about perfectionism and my journey with it. So I think as well, it's about letting it be okay that you're not the expert and instead being the guide and being someone who's just a couple of steps ahead. If I had to feel like I was an expert, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have anything that I have because like with anything, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And a lot of people think confidence will increase. And in some ways it does, but in other ways, like I know now that I, there's so much about perfectionism and everything in business that I don't know. Whereas a year ago, I thought there was less that I didn't know. So in that sense, I think that's where imposter syndrome and things like that can really kick in because you're like, oh crap, do I even know anything? Like, what am I even telling people about? So that's been something I've been going through as well, but it's just been such an interesting journey. But in terms of that question of how to actually figure out your purpose, like I used to literally write on my blog, like I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life and I don't know the answer to that. So it's fun that it's all documented, but it was really from just being willing to document my journey and have that curiosity and then to let it be okay that I'm not an expert and no one has given me approval to talk about perfectionism. I don't have any certificates saying I'm allowed to do this. So I think a huge part of it as well is giving yourself permission and coaching yourself on that as well. That is all just such, there's so many great takeaways in everything that you said. And I just, I love that you broke down all those little things. And even that last bit that you said, like, just give yourself permission. And that's something that comes up a lot for a lot of girls that I speak to where it's, you know, do I have to have some sort of certificate or what makes me qualified enough? And it's like the fact that you are you and you're exactly where you are and you've gone through everything that you need to go through. Like that's what makes you more than qualified. Like that is what allows you to show up for the person that's a couple of steps behind you. But I just, I love how beautifully you articulated that. And the, my favorite thing that came up, as you said, it was like action is what is going to give you clarity. And I was speaking to someone else about this recently. It was exactly the same thing around like, you know, how did you, how did you get that clarity? And exactly the same thing. Like I didn't have it at the beginning, you know, like I had to just kind of stumble my way through the, the story is exactly the same for me you know exactly so I went through a fucking breakdown like literally midst of burnout was like oh maybe I'll start talking about this manifesting thing and then that's what, was what led to the podcast and then as you go like every step of the way gets clearer mm-hmm. but I think that if we wait to have that clarity and we wait to know exactly what's going to be coming next or what exactly we need to do or feel like we have all the answers we never end up taking the step at all. And I feel like you could speak to this so much because to me, that seems like a lot of what perfectionism kind of is. Yes. So perfectionism, again, it's something I didn't realize that I not had, it's not like a disease or anything, but it's a mindset. And I didn't realize I had that mindset until a couple of years into my blog, because a lot of people talk about perfectionism. Like you were saying, it's like a badge of honor, or it's the answer you give in a job interview when they say, what are your weaknesses? And you say perfectionism as a bit of a tongue in cheek kind of, oh, well, yeah, I'm just perfect. So 
I had only really heard about it talked in that way. And also there's that perception that perfectionists are neat and organized. And I have a lot of people who relate to what I talk about and they say, I never realized I was a perfectionist because I didn't think I was perfect enough, which is the irony of the whole thing. But we have this idea that perfectionists are the people who actually successfully manage to make things perfect. They're neat, they're organized, they're tidy, they're on top of everything. But perfectionists really crave that. They love the idea of being organized and being on top of everything, being in control, but usually they struggle with it and they procrastinate. So some of the signs of the mindset, the way of thinking is procrastination, overthinking, the all or nothing mindset. So you're either doing it perfectly or you're not doing it all. Perfectionists as well, when it comes to goal setting, they're so scared of disappointment because they've disappointed themselves so many times in the past. So they either have no goals at all or vague goals. Like I want to make money. I want to be successful. Or they have 10 goals. Like they're doing the all or nothing thing. They just have like, I'm doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And perfectionists really struggle to just have one go goal to go all in on that because it feels so vulnerable because then if they fail, they can't blame anything except themselves. And underlying perfectionism is really this belief of I'm not good enough. It's really a strategy to avoid shame. And we think that if we can just make everything look perfect and we can be perfect, we can avoid the pain of shame, blame and judgment, which is Brene Brown's definition for it. And she's amazing. Um, but I really didn't realize that I had that mindset and it took me a while because there was no one really articulating it very clearly, but it was really throughout my whole journey, as I've just said, that I kind of started to piece together, oh wait, like it's actually that there's, there is nothing wrong with me. It's just a set of beliefs I have. And I think it's so empowering to realize you have this mindset because then you can be like, wait, it is just a mindset. It's not who I am and how I will always be. And there are things that I can do to begin overcoming perfectionism. And instead of talking about those mantras you hear about just remember done is better than perfect and all of that which for me I found frustrating because I was like yeah I know I get it I shouldn't care what other people think but I still care and so what can I actually do so that's really what I teach in our community and on my podcast and it's really about creating a growth mindset which is kind of the other end of the spectrum from the perfectionist mindset so good and I love that you said that about the the whole like the mantras and everything like that because you're like yeah I know but like (laughs) yeah what do I do but I still want to be perfect like (laughs) and so I mean I remember one of my friends said that um perfectionism is just fear dressed up in high heels and I thought that was such a good little saying I was like oh it's so true because it seems like the better option than being like, I'm just terrified, you know, like it's like you're kind of masking it with something that you can almost look at as being a, you know, quote unquote good thing if you look at it in a certain light. But obviously with what you're saying and, you know, recognizing all of these signs, like it's not a good thing at all. It's still just holding you back. Um, And with all of this, okay, so, okay, if mantras aren't working for you, what are some of the steps then that someone could take if they feel like a lot of these tendencies are actually coming up for them? Yes. So there's quite a few different things, but some of the ones I'll mention again, getting into a growth mindset. So that's something that Carol Dweck talks about and it's the um, idea that she created. So there's a fixed mindset, which is what perfectionists have. And then there's a growth mindset. So when I first heard about this, I thought, 
oh, for sure. I have the growth mindset because I love personal development, but it's not actually about how much you like self-help stuff. It's really about your outlook on life and the way that you view yourself. So someone in a fixed mindset believes that their talents and abilities and intelligence are fixed. So they want everything to feel natural. Like how many people want to wake up early and have it feel natural and effortless? And I just like, it's that kind of thing where you don't want to show anyone that you're putting effort into things because effort is a sign of inadequacy when you have the fixed mindset. So you might be hustling, but you don't want to tell anyone. And often in the school setting, this would look like, you know, really cramming at the last minute and perfectionists do that because if they actually put in a full effort ahead of time and they failed, then they have to blame themselves. But if they procrastinated, they can blame procrastination for any failure. And if they did well, you can say, oh, imagine how well I would have done if I didn't procrastinate. It like helps you protect your potential because you can blame procrastination for your failures. And if you succeed, you can use that as a way to prop it up. And that's what I used to do. I used to be like, oh, well, I like did really well. And imagine how well I would have done if I didn't procrastinate, even though I didn't know what that would have looked like. But it's just this way to make yourself feel smart. People in the fixed mindset love feeling smart. They like to be the smartest person in the room. And the way that we get into that fixed mindset there's a lot of different factors, but a main one is that we are praised for intelligence and results. And that's how we grow up in school, at least Mm -hmm. in Australia, at least that was my upbringing that you get praised for getting the A and doing well and, and following rules and having manners and all of those results, but you don't get praised for being courageous and for the effort and for the process and for doing something bold or for giving something a try. So that's the fixed mindset. The growth mindset is at the other end of the spectrum. And just so everyone's aware, you have a different place on that spectrum in every area of your life. So it's not like you are going to be having exactly the same mindset. So someone might be in a growth mindset around relationships where they really believe you have to put in effort. But a lot of people, at least who can relate to what I talk about, they are most in the fixed mindset when it comes to anything around intelligence. So business and schooling, they really go in that fixed mindset because they don't want to look dumb because if they look dumb, they won't get the praise and all of that that they have been getting. But in other areas of life, so for me, for example, it's been easiest to get into the growth mindset when it comes to fitness because I can really get, okay, if I want to build muscle, I have to bloody go to the gym and lift weights. Yeah. It requires the effort. So the growth mindset is really when you are believing that your intelligence, talents, abilities can be changed with effort, with practice. And so I like to describe it as someone in a growth mindset really lives by that saying that it's better to try and fail than to have never tried at all. A perfectionist, someone with a fixed mindset gets that. They'd be able to repeat that, but they live by it's better to not try than to fail. So someone in a growth mindset loves the challenge. They get really excited by obstacles and roadblocks, whereas a perfectionist will just quit. And often subtly, they'll just get really excited by something else and be like, oh, I've changed my mind. I'm doing this goal instead. So someone in the growth mindset like loves the challenges and loves really going for it and putting an effort and they don't really care so much if they achieve it or not. They just love the process. Whereas at least a lot of people who can relate to what I share, they are really like, yes, I love learning, but really they love the idea of learning. But when it comes to actual learning, which is letting things be messy and failing, they're not so much for, and that's 
definitely my own journey as well. It's been a huge amount of work for me to get into that place where I'm actually willing to be putting in effort when I have no idea what the result will be. And of course, like if you're not willing to do that in business, you're not going to get very far. But a lot of us try to like take the same approach we had in school that worked and apply that to business. And suddenly there's no deadlines. There's no last minute. There's no, like it just doesn't work. And so I love the mix of perfectionism and business, but also all other areas of life because they're just, it's just so interesting to think about and there are things that can be done. So it's getting into that growth mindset to go back to your question about what you can do to actually overcome perfectionism. Another huge thing is learning to feel uncomfortable and vulnerable and shitty and to feel the feelings because if you're not willing to do that, it doesn't really matter what strategies and tactics and things like that you're doing. You have to be willing to feel restless. Like for example, with procrastination, perfectionists procrastinate. It's like (laughs) one of the main things that perfectionists do. The reason we procrastinate is because we're trying to avoid discomfort. Mm-hmm. And ironically, we still create a lot of discomfort by procrastinating, especially for our future self. But in the moment, like we don't know how to sit with that either restless feeling or being bored or being challenged or feeling like our potential and our identity is at risk. So we would then go and scroll through Instagram or often for perfectionists, it's the productive procrastination. So it's over-researching things, overthinking things. Like we don't tend to so much blatantly procrastinate. It's more like going on Pinterest. I'm just going to find out some more advice on this. And, and for example, in, um, when I was in uni, I would always just spend all this time making my notes look really pretty. (laughs) And I had this idea that if I could do some of these really pretty notes, like that would be helpful. And it felt productive because I could be like, yeah, I'm working on my studies, but it actually wasn't doing the vulnerable, scary thing, which was taking the practice tests and actually seeing how I was going. If you are loving this episode, then I want to invite you right now to come and apply for my Abundant Entrepreneur Mastermind. This four-month high-level coaching container has been put together in a way that provides all of the support and holds all of the space for you to level the fuck up in your business as you launch and grow your online empire. This container is only for women who are ready to stop hiding, to show up unapologetically, to have the impact they know they're here to have, and to call in the money they know is waiting for them. We do this by blending the masculine with the feminine, by blending the woo with the work. You guys know this is what I am all about. Inside, we'll be tapping into intuition, flow, and divine guidance, as well as partnering with the strategic setups, systems, and processes that see you up-leveling your impact and your income fast. Seriously, I am not about either or, and neither should you be. The magic happens when you blend the woo with the work and over four months together, you're going to learn how to do it with ease. Applications are open right now. Several of the spots have already gone and it is a very limited size container. So if you are looking for a way to work with me for a beautiful, divine, perfect amount of time in 2020, up leveling your business, your life, your impact and your income, then I invite you to come and apply to join us. You can find out all about what's inside by heading to taylorray.live forward slash mastermind. And I'll link that one for you in the show notes below. Oh my God. I feel like you're calling me out on my entire childhood and my whole high schooling experience. 
everything. I was like, that was me. That was me. That was me. That was me the whole way. Like I was exactly that. Like the whole, and the same thing, like even the notes thing, like, oh, this thing was really neat. And like, but honestly, it's, it's so amazing. Like having, hearing you say all of that and the bit about like the procrastination as well. Like, although it's like almost self-destructive, like it's a, it's a, a protective technique for yourself as yeah. well. That's so interesting to me. I feel like I was like that all the way through school, high school, uni, and then I think even for like the first business that I had, I was like that as well. And I would just sort of, and what I, what I wanted to ask as well, like, would you say, um, you know, like busy work rather than like work that's like productive, like moving the needle? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Busy work is a huge one working for work's sake. And like everything that I shared with you just then is what I have been through. Like it's really speaking from experience and busy work, even now, like even as I'm teaching all of this stuff, I catch myself all the time doing busy work and working for work's sake. And now that I'm fully my own boss and able to do anything, it like opens up this whole huge opportunity for busy work. And often it takes me a few months to realize that something is even busy work because even things like with my podcast, instead of batching them together, like I used to, and now I'm back into doing that, I would kind of spread it out and do it just before the episodes due to come out. Mm. And that doesn't seem like busy work, but it was a way to have the podcast take up more time. So I had less time to do all the scary things that I actually needed to do to grow the business even more. So it's kind of like, I like thinking of it as, you know, a video game and at each level that like they say new level, new devil, and you defeat, like you catch yourself in one area of self-sabotage and then your brain's like, oh, well watch this and goes to this next level and you catch that. And so I found I'm still self-sabotaging in so many ways, but it just gets kind of more subtle and more subtle and more subtle. And a huge part of overcoming perfectionism, back to that question, is really having that self-awareness when you are actually self-sabotaging. All of those signs of perfectionism are methods of self-sabotage. So it's catching yourself when you're overthinking and it's hard to call it out because it always feels justified. Oh, I just need a little bit more information or like perfectionists really struggle with being decisive. They just scared they make the wrong decision. It's better to sit on the fence. So it's really calling yourself out, but doing so with compassion, which perfectionists aren't great at, but doing it with compassion because when we have that self-awareness around perfectionism and for anyone listening who's like, oh my God, she's reading my mind. Like Mm. you have to really have compassion because what a lot of people do is they realize that they're self-sabotaging and then they aren't yet able to stop it. And so there's this really annoying point in the journey. And I'm still in this a lot of times when you realize you're self-sabotaging, but you can't stop yourself from doing it. And then you add this layer on top of, I should know better, which does not help anything. So for anyone who's self-sabotaging, you need to remove the, I should know better vibes on top because that just lets it continue and it doesn't help. It's more like going into that compassionate curiosity and be like, oh, this is really interesting. I said I wanted to do this thing and here I am not doing that thing. Yes. And then just noticing it without being like, okay, how can I motivate myself to do it? How can I like make a plan to just let it be there mm. and let it be okay, which we don't like to do. We, if we see a problem, we like to just fix it so we can be perfect and all of that. But to just let it be like, okay, I'm self-sabotaging and I don't know how to stop it and that's okay. And 
yeah. funnily enough, it's having that kind of energy that you will actually be able to move out of it. But I just wanted to mention that because I know a lot of people yeah. when they first hear about this and they realize like, holy shit, yeah. I'm really in my own way. And I thought that I just needed to wait for the perfect time, but actually that's just perfectionism and me trying to avoid the shame and all of that, that it can then be easy to be really hard on yourself and think I should know better no, you shouldn't know better. <laughs> it doesn't feel good when anyone else tells us you should know better. No. So I don't know why we tell that to ourselves, but to let it be okay that it's happening, it's so important to just yeah. be compassionate and be like, oh, this is interesting and I don't yet know how to stop it, but mm. I'm going to let it just be there and keep observing yeah. myself and that's how to really get beyond it. But again, then your brain will create new self-sabotage and then you'll have to catch that and do the same thing. So. <laughs> And you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, an ongoing beautiful journey yeah. that you just have to keep going through. And I'm really glad that you said that around the, you know, be gentle with yourself, be compassionate, because I think the worst thing that you can do, and I, I speak a lot about like ego and everything on this podcast as well, and coming from like a low vibrational energy, I think one of the worst things that you can do is sit in an energy of guilt, because it's one of the lowest yeah. vibrations that you can sit in. And to me, like, if you are then going to go, okay, I'm doing this. And now oh, fuck, I feel awful. Like I suck at this. Like I shouldn't even be doing it. Like that's just going to like whack all of this guilt on top. And that's not going to serve you either. Cause then you're ultimately affirming the truth that you don't want. And you focus on what you don't want. And you're going to call in more of that anyway. So to me, it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole like manifestation side of things. Yes, for sure. Like, so I just love that you touched on that. And yeah, like I said, like when, as you were going through all of that, I was like, yeah, that was definitely, you know, all of my schooling and everything like that. I do feel like on my end that even in the last business, yes, it was there. But in this business, I think because I came out of a breakdown and started this one, I was kind of like, well, shit, like it can't really feel much worse than this. And so I stopped putting a lot of that pressure on myself. And I started to do exactly what you said, where it was like, I just started to share really honestly, like I stopped feeling like I had to wear this mask of like, my life's killing it and I'm so perfect all the time. Like I'm not afraid to get on my Instagram stories and cry or to tell people that it feels really hard or to share really openly when, you know, I feel like I'm struggling or even what we were talking about before, like the podcast episode um, that just came out recently. And it's all about, you know, building out the team at the moment and the struggle that, you know, going through that journey and realizing, you know, you know, going to that point of like, okay, hustling and getting it done. And then, okay, now I'm not really coping with it. And now it's like, okay, I need to reach out and get some help. Like, being able to admit that as someone who used to be in very perfectionism yeah. ways, that would have almost been impossible for me if you asked me like 18 months ago to do that. If you said, oh, can you go on and say that you're not coping by yourself and that you need help? I would have been like, fuck no, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Whereas like now it's like, and it's funny, you know, the more I share, the better I feel and the more I call in and also the more I relate to my audience anyway they're always so happy to hear that side of things and go oh my gosh you're struggling with that I relate to that and I love that you do that too like you're not sitting on like this pedestal going well I don't have perfectionism anymore and all of you people down there like when you speak it's great because you're like you know we do this like I've been through this I still have moments like that and you know, for, I would love for you to speak to that a little bit for my girls who are like in the entrepreneurial world or wanting to step into having a business, you know, showing up and not having that fear around some of the, you know, quote unquote weaknesses or difficult moments that you're going through and why that's actually beneficial. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating because we think 
everyone else wants the perfect version of us, even though I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, I feel most connected to the people who show up and share the real shit that's going on for them. I crave that. I'm so drawn to it. It's so attractive. Mm -hmm. And yet in my head, it's like, oh, but no one wants that from me. Like no one wants to see all my shit. And it's been so cathartic I don't know if you've had that experience as well it's really cathartic to talk about it and to definitely have that feeling that oh wait so many people can relate to this too I'm not alone which really helps if you are a perfectionist because it's all about avoiding shame and if you can share those things which requires courage and vulnerability to do that then usually it's met with all these people saying oh my god me too I thought I was the only one so it's really great to remember that as well but I just always like to remind myself the people that I am most drawn to online or in real life. It's the people who are willing to show up and actually let it all be, be seen. And it's not about complaining and all of these other things that sometimes people get confused. It's not about sharing things like oversharing, but doing so with different intentions. It's really being vulnerable where it feels uncomfortable the best way to know if you're being vulnerable is you don't want to do it like yeah really it really makes you even physically you have a reaction to sharing it but then usually once you do it's just yeah very therapeutic to do that but I just like to remember that what I was saying first of all that I'm really drawn to that and that even though I think people are wanting the perfect version of me this actually came up when I was beginning coaching that I was having a session with my coach and just, I was like, I just don't know enough. Like I'm just not there yet. And she was like, you're going through this yourself. Like no one is more qualified than like, you're exactly who they need. If you, and I always now <laughs> tell this to my clients and members yeah. and it's so interesting. Cause I had thought, Oh, they want me to be like, Oh yes, I've already been through that. And now I'm completely on the other side. But when I can show up and be like, hey, yeah, I get it because I find myself procrastinating. I find myself overthinking. And here's what I do in those situations. It's so much more relatable to them instead of me being like, oh, well, I've never actually procrastinated. So I don't know what to do about that. Maybe you should just get it done. Like that wouldn't be helpful. So that was such a huge breakthrough for me. And I really gave myself permission to be on the journey and to share that. And it's, really fun to be doing that, to just be sharing, Hey, this is my journey. Also, I do know some things and this is what I've learned from my experience. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I find helpful to talk in first person a lot, instead of saying, you should do this, you should do that Mm -hmm. to really say, Hey, this is what works for me. Yeah. Give it a go yourself if you'd like to, but I find that helps me to feel less like I'm trying to be this expert and more like I'm just showing up and sharing my experience because other people will have different experiences of perfectionism and everything like that. And the other thing I wanted to say is my brain still says, no one wants to hear from you. Don't do that. Like it still is there. Every time I do a podcast, like showing up for this interview, my brain's always like, oh, but who really wants to hear this? Oh, da, da. <laughs> Every time. And so I find it helpful now that it's, it's still going. Even now there are people who love the podcast and all of that. Like, okay, well maybe my brain's lying. Maybe that isn't actually true because I find that a lot of people that I help with this, they're waiting for that voice to go away. They're thinking, okay, well, all those people who are out there showing up, they just don't have that voice that I have. It's the same like with waking up early, like, oh, well, all those people who wake up early, they just always must feel like it. They never have the voice saying like, just five more minutes. Like my 
brain every morning is like just five more minutes I'll just yeah. like every morning even when I'm in the habit of doing it and so I found it really liberating to really recognize that my brain is still going to say that stuff, but mm. that it's not actually telling the truth and having it be okay for that voice to be there mm. just helps me show up because I'm not like, okay, well, I need to wait for that voice to go away because that voice is telling me the truth to so just be like, oh, wait, I have this. And a lot of people have it as well. Mm. And so that doesn't mean I should not show up. Yes, definitely. You don't have to have all your shit sorted in order to be what one person needs you to be. Like, yeah. and I think that that's so important is like show up authentically. And I love what you said too, around like, you know, not, not going the other way where then it becomes like a pity party where you're then like, yeah. Oh, life's horrible and everything sucks yeah. because you do see that where people are like, okay, well, I want to show really authentically and they want to share like transparently and the struggles and everything like that. But then it becomes like a big celebration of the struggle, like continuously. Yes. And I think what I, when people ask me this question, like, how do I make sure that I'm not going too far into like just sharing all the difficulties is I'm like, make sure that when you're sharing it, you're also sharing some sort of tangible shift, some sort of takeaway, something you learned from it that helps people to make some sort of shift themselves. Because if all you're doing is going on there. And of course you can just go on there every now and then and just, I just want to share and just get this off my chest. Sure. But if that becomes a constant pattern and something that you're always doing, people will start to get to the point where they're like, I don't really know why I'm following this anymore. It's kind of just making me feel bad about myself. And like, I'm starting to go, okay, well, all this negativity rather than like, if you share, but from a place of like, Hey, this is what I went through. Yes. It fucking sucks. It was really difficult. I'm still struggling with it right now. However, these are some of the things that I'm doing to move through it. That's then helpful. And then that helps people to make a shift. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think a huge part of this too is being willing to share vulnerably our successes because it can be challenging to be like, Hey, I did this thing and I'm really proud of myself. A lot of us are like, Oh no, like we might kind of share that thing, not in a vulnerable way, but to actually share it and be like, I'm really proud of myself for this is a huge part of it as well. So it's kind of like making sure that you're not just sharing the struggles. And I've found that in my own journey, there have been points where I feel like I've held my back, myself back because I've been like, well, everyone can relate to me because I'm struggling. So if I'm no longer struggling, will I still be relatable? Mm-hmm. Which is a whole other thing. And it's like that thing. upper yeah. limit problem of, is it my struggles that make me relatable? And what if I could actually get myself into that growth mindset fully, would I still be able to be helpful and recognizing, yes, I could. But I found for a while, just noticing that I was kind of perpetuating the struggle in a little bit because I felt like that was what kept me relatable and kept me together. And I didn't want to be too successful, if that makes sense, which is such an interesting thing to go into, but that can come up as well. But I think it's just about when you're showing up and sharing, just checking your agenda and um, yeah, I'm not perfect at sharing in that way or anything, but it's helpful to share the struggles and the wins openly and vulnerably and to just kind of think about from other people's perspective, yeah. like how much do they really need to hear and how often and because and, it can really turn into complaining. But I would say most people who are listening to this podcast aren't going to be the ones who are then going out and having a public pity party. So I don't really think it's something like I don't want to have people overthinking this and being like, oh, how do I know if I'm sharing too much? Yeah, I've just found for me like 
the more I share that stuff, the more that people respond to it positively. And also um, just talking about how to like give yourself permission to show up and share. It's when I do a podcast episode and I finish it, I'm like, oh, that felt useless, that people have the best response. It's So it's yeah. really important to know that often, especially in the kind of work we do, you're too close to the value to actually be able to see it and appreciate totally. it. And so it might be so helpful for someone else. They might be having a huge breakthrough. You're like, oh, everyone knows this or who would care about this? And you can't see it because you're too close to it. So I just like to remind myself as well that I'm not the best judge of things. And there are some occasions where I'm like, okay, that just didn't make sense. (laughs) I was just going on about this thing. But usually, even when I feel like that, I still put it up because it's often those things that people can relate to the most when I'm really just flowing and I feel like it's all over the place, but for other people, it feels really helpful. So just for anyone listening, just remember that you're not the best judge. If you're doing the kind of work that we do, you're not the best judge of whether or not it's good enough and your brain could be lying to you if it says it's not good enough. Mm, I think that's a really good point to bring up. And like with that as well around like the not overthinking it too much, because I think that that is really valuable to say, because as you said, like, I don't, I I agree with you, like those listening, like they're not going to be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go like play a sad violin forever. Like that's not what's going to happen, but the overthinking thing may play in a little bit. And what I would just add to that is, you know, instead of overthinking, like just like tune into that intuitive guidance as well. And like realize like what's coming through for you is coming through for a reason and something that helped me a lot throughout my journey when I felt a lot of pressure on myself like is this right is it wrong should I put this out should I not something that I lent into a lot and that has helped me heaps along the way has to really lean into the idea that I am like a co-creator and like these thoughts aren't necessarily my own and that they are coming through for a reason and to just realize like it's just my job to channel that and it's just my job to put those messages out and it's come through for a reason so don't overthink it just get it out there and then just let the next thing come and so I just wanted to add that little bit in because I think it can sometimes you can get too in the thinking and less in the being and the feeling. Yeah I was actually talking about this on Instagram stories because I realized with all the change that's happening in our business, we're growing our team as well, Mm. that I've really been in my head. And I've noticed that when I have a big leap in business, it's because I've gotten out of my head. And then as soon as that leap happens, I go back into my head. I'm like, oh no, I have to be like logical about it and everything like that. And I really just had this realization a couple of days ago that overthinking and being in your head is the laziest form of thinking because you're really just grabbing the thoughts that are easiest to grab and you're just being realistic and just basing all of your thoughts on what you can currently see today. And this really goes to manifestation and all of that, that you need to be willing to believe in something you can't yet see and to have that faith, even though you don't know the how. And that requires a higher level of thinking. It's not as easy as being in your head and being realistic. And so I noticed that for the last month or so that I have just been really in my own head and I don't regret that, but I was just like, oh wait, I'm doing that thing again. (laughs) I get really logical about things. And it's not to say you don't have tactics and strategies and logic, but getting back into all of the practices of journaling and meditating and, and um, all of those things that really get me connected back to the vision that I have and all of the manifestation things. Yeah. That's when I always have a huge leap and I've just noticed that pattern that it never comes from overthinking. Like my best work never comes from being caught up in my own head, but that's where I still tend to go. So it's okay that I still tend to go there, but I can just 
notice it now. Definitely. And it's, and you know, for those listening, like it's it's like, as Sam says, like, it's okay if you go there, like it's fine. And I think it's so important to realize that. And I talk about this heaps, like just because, you know, you know, on my end, like, you know, I've learned all around like manifesting and I've applied so much to my life doesn't mean I don't have moments where like ego creeps in or limiting beliefs. And like on your end, like, just because like, you know, so much about perfectionism and you move through so much of it doesn't mean that like every now and then it's not going to creep in. Like, I think it's so important to realize it's a spectrum and you kind of move through that up and down, just depending on what's going on and I relate to you so much with what you're saying around like you know getting into the overthinking and how I relate to it is like the feminine energy and the masculine energy and I know that I'm so good when I'm in the feminine and the flow state and I'm really prioritizing all those sacred rituals and I'm journaling and asking for the guidance but I do know that I have a lot of masculine energy as well and I used to operate here it's why the whole burnout thing happened I didn't even know about the feminine side I was just like do 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 all the time had a burnout um but like I know that sometimes if I'm not aware of it I will slide along that scale into the masculine energy and I will sit there and I will force and force and force until I'm like what the fuck is going on why does this feel so hard and I have to wake myself up to it and go wait 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 I see what's happened here and then slide myself back and really focus on like really prioritizing all of those really flow state, letting it come through, like, like aligning my energy and that's where the magic happens. So it's like exactly what you're saying. And I just love that. Cause it's like, yeah, cool. Like there's going to be moments where it feels tough, but it doesn't mean that you can't make a shift and get back into what feels good for you. Yes. I'd love to know selfishly, what kind of practices do you have when you're in your head and overthinking to get you back into that feminine kind of flowy side of things. Yes, yes, yes. Such a good question. So I have something that I do called my sacred morning rituals and I do them every single day. Um, but I will also just, they're just sacred rituals. So I do them whenever I really need them. Um, but for me, like the biggest things, like meditation is massive. And I've played around with so many different types of meditation, like, you know, guided. And at the moment I'm just looking into, I keep hearing universe just keeps dropping these signs in front of me. So I'm like listening um, around like transcendental meditation. So I'm yeah, looking into yeah. that at the moment. Sometimes like chakra healing, ones as well like I love that I love to just sit with my crystals um but journaling is huge for me journaling is literally like it's so funny too this actually goes hand in hand with what we were talking about when I was a kid I always wanted to journal and I would always get new journals and new diaries and I would write and I would always introduce myself like hi my name is Taylor and I would think that it had to be so perfect and then I would revisit that journal or that diary like the next time or a week later or whatever. And I would think that what I had written wasn't good enough. So I would rip it out and get rid of it. Yeah. And I, eventually I just stopped journaling because I was like, I hate this. Like this makes me feel awful because I don't feel good enough. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't realize that when I was like 11, but yeah. knowing that now, whereas now journaling is something that like I feel journals like you wouldn't believe. Like I journal every morning, sometimes in the day, sometimes at nighttime. But one of the things that I always do when I want to come back into that flow set, there's so many things, a lot of like thought-based stuff, but I love to just like grab my journal and just like ask, like, you know, is what's going on? Like, does it serve my highest good? And if it doesn't, what would serve me better? Like, you know, how could I think something that is more aligned with the thoughts that are going to serve me? Um, you know, I'm struggling at the moment to figure out what I'm supposed to do in this moment, I surrender trying to force it. I know that the answers are going to come to me and I'm just open to receiving them, like those sort of things. And, you know, I used to be someone that would sit in front of my fucking computer and try and force and force and force stuff to come through, whether it was the name of a program or the copy for a sales page or anything like, but I realized like doing that does 
fuck all. Like it's terrible. Um, and so I'm really big on just go do something fun. Like literally whatever it is. I love to just go outside for a walk and like in Melbourne, well, in Australia, Melbourne, where it's getting nice and warm here. So I'm loving just like lying in the sun and releasing all the pressure. And like I was saying before, like that remembering, like I am a co-creator with source. Like it's not up to me to make this happen. Like it's going to come through when it's meant to and trusting in that has helped me so much. And the more, the more I progress, the more I lean into that, like the more and more and more I'm like, yeah, cool. Like nothing needs to be forced. Like it's going to all work out exactly as it's meant to. And trust me, like when I first started, that was a struggle to like believe that sentence. Um, but I just kept leaning into just being open to it. And then the more I was open to it, the easier it got. And now it's like my favorite thing. So (laughs) yeah, I love what you said about journaling because perfectionists with journals tend to just write in a couple of pages and then abandon the journal. It's like that all or nothing thing, but we love usually pretty journals and notebooks and stationery and all of that. So I used to have so many journals that had like two pages filled in them. And then I just completely abandoned them. And I was like, I don't want to have to go back and pick up that old one. That's no longer like perfect. So I'll get a new one. But now I'm the same as you. I love stream of consciousness journaling. And I think it's such a great way to learn how to actually feel your feelings and have self-awareness around things and also like seek comfort from it and just tell yourself everything will be okay. And also seek wisdom and all of that. But I let my journals be really messy. That's been the key for me to just like, I love the idea of a bullet journal. I don't know if you've ever given that a go. (laughs) I haven't. I'm the same as you. It'd be nice, but probably be hindering for me. I know for me that I love the idea of that, but it just would hinder the the purpose for me of a journal. So I just have these journals that they're not particularly pretty or anything, but I just let myself write and write and write. I do it all the time like you. And it's such a good personal development tool. So for anyone listening who isn't journaling, you're in that perfectionist mindset around it. I find just let it be messy. And what we do in our membership um, in the journaling course I have, I get them to do this big squiggle on a page and then write, I give myself permission for this journal to be messy and imperfect. And, and like to just like, yes. it's like having that blank canvas and you just draw something you're like, okay, well now that's done and we can just um, come with out it. of the way. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I love that. I, I would have so benefited from that maybe like five years ago, like yeah. when I was younger and stuff. Now I'm like you, like, and I probably will never go near a bullet journal. I think they're beautiful and I love they're to beautiful. see them on Pinterest and stuff, yeah. but like, I don't think I'll ever use one, but I'm like you. And sometimes, honestly, another thing in terms of like the stream of consciousness, sometimes for me, like my handwriting changes based on what I'm channel- channeling. Like I write like very, it's it's a very clear cut way of writing. I've written the same way forever. Even I remember my sister used to pay me out for like the way that I would write. She's like, just looks like Winnie the Pooh writing. And it's never changed from when I was like 10 years old. My writing has stayed the same. Um, And I, I always, again, I used to pride myself on being a really neat writer. But as I've let go of a lot of that and the more I'm journaling, like sometimes it's so slanty and so scrawly and I don't even really know what's coming out. And I often just think of it as like, well, that wasn't me. Like, I don't even know who that was or what came through, but it was obviously what needed to be channeled. And I'm just so open to like whatever comes out, like messy, beautiful, disgusting. I don't care. Like it's obviously the message that needs to come out. So I'm so glad that you talked about journaling and that you use it with all of your students too, because it's. Honestly, for me, it's been life-changing, like so, so life-changing. It's been like night and day. And I always find that when I'm getting busy and in my head, I tend to stop journaling 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that, even though I love it. And it, we always do these illogical things where we love something and then we're like, oh, that, but that should be the first thing to go. And whenever yeah. I'm, if I'm stressed, which I don't tend to be, like I've gotten out of that burnout cycle, but if I'm stressed, I'm like, oh, well, I should get more time in my day because that's the best way to be more productive. And I should cut out exercise and all the things that actually, yes. like every time I find myself cutting out the things that are the most helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be like, wait, I'm not currently journaling as much and I need to add that back in and meditations and affirmations and all of that stuff. Like I'm my best self when I do that. So why the fuck am I yes. <laughs> like, finding oh. that first? But it's okay if you notice that and to just pay attention to it and be like, okay, I'm going to add that back in. And I just quickly want to mention too, um, because it could be really helpful for people. Perfectionists love this idea of being consistent with things, being consistent with habits. And usually to a perfectionist, consistency means 100% compliance. Like they will only call themselves consistent say with journaling if they journal every single day. But I have found it really helpful and liberating and empowering to instead change my definition of consistency to just being more often than not. To just have it be this lucid definition because if you identify yourself as being in a habit because of self-image and how that all works, you will be pulled back into the habit. So I always think of myself as being in a journaling habit, even if I'm not journaling and that gets me to go back to it. So if you're working out or anything like that and you're struggling with consistency, give yourself a little bit of grace and just change that definition. And then that will actually make you go more because you're no longer in that all or nothing mindset of I'm going to do it perfectly or I'm not going to do it at all such a good tip I think that that's such a good tip because yeah I just I yeah <laughs> I know that back when the throes of my perfectionism days I was like that like if mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it, and then I'd be like oh I've just got to restart everything because now it's not perfect so yeah just being like gentle with yourself around that and I think as well like to add to what you said around like all the good habits being thrown out the window when you feel like you need more time because apparently that'll be the solution which yeah. never is <laughs> so whatever um I still think it always will be the solution oh, and Honestly, one thing I always say around this is like when you have resistance around the things that serve you the most, like the habits that serve you the most, that's when you need them the most. Yes. I I still have feelings like that sometimes where if I'm in the throes of a launch or something like that and I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. Like so many things are going on. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do that. And it's like, (laughs) yes, you do. You will make the time because the fact that you think that you don't have time really just shows that you've just shifted fully into ego fully into fear, fully into the masculine, all the doing, bring yourself back. Like when that resistance comes up, that's a sign that you need to do it more. <laughs> it's yes. about an hour. <laughs> no. I but- find the same. I have to, my brain's like, no, no, you really don't have enough time. And just being like, no, I'm just going to do it. And then especially with journaling, it creates such a sense of calm and clarity. And I really was thinking about this the other day as well, that really one hour of mindset work is worth like 10, if not more hours of action. And that doesn't mean to then hide out in, okay, well, I don't want to take action until all my thoughts are perfect. And until I'm hundred percent believing in myself, but I've found that it's like that, you know, sharpening your ax before cutting the tree and spend a bit of extra time doing that. Because when I actually do the mindset stuff, the thought downloads and all of that, I actually take action in a much better way. And when I can channel how would my higher self approach this situation or how would the best version of myself do what I'm going to do today, it creates so much clarity that the day is so much easier. And also I have to check in with 
beliefs I have, this is a whole other thing we don't have to go into, but beliefs I have about success, it should be hard, money should be hard. And so I find this tendency to like, I love what I do. Like this does not feel like work. And my brain's like this, it's like cheating the system. Like how could it be so easy? And then you're making more money than you ever made. And it just, it's like that paradigm shift. And I find myself still going back to like, oh no, we need to make this hard so we can justify that what like whatever money you're making or that you're able to just work wherever you want to work like it's yeah. it's I don't know if you've dealt with yeah, that but definitely. I just find that belief like I keep trying to overcomplicate things so I love journaling around what would this look like if it was easy which is what I learned from Tim Ferriss and it just helps it doesn't make the discomfort go away because a lot of times you do that around an uncomfortable task. So you still have to show up and have courage, but it removes all the extra complication that we add just to make ourselves feel smarter and to feel more deserving. Yeah. I love doing that. I think that that's so powerful. A lot of it comes down to the questions that you're asking yourself. Like a lot of what we've talking about before with the journaling and things like that, like what thought would serve me more, what actions would serve me better? Like, you know, what would an easy version of this look like? And ultimately it does really come down to on, on that mindset level on the subconscious level, like really just positioning yourself like, wait, 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 does it have to be like this? Or am I open to something different? And I think if you can just start there and then just make little shifts along the way, slowly, but surely it's going to improve. Yes. I think it's it's great to believe like I can do hard things, but I'm probably overcomplicating things yeah. and making them harder than they need to be. And so, yeah, I found just tapping into my own wisdom and like, it's yeah. so easy to, when you're wanting wisdom to go and look on YouTube or go and listen to a podcast, but it's so great to have space in your day to actually just tap into what you already know. And I love that idea of like, you have the wisdom you need to have already. And I love thinking about like my 90 year old self and what mm-hmm. she would say, because she basically would say, who gives a fuck about that and just keep going. And like all of those really <laughs> like oh, she probably would swear, but um, all of those kinds of words. So um, yeah, if anyone listening finds it whenever they're wanting answers to things that they always look externally, I have found it so powerful to be like, wait, maybe I have, the wisdom I need. And that doesn't mean I don't have a lot to learn, but I think most of us have been taught like the teacher has the answer or the professor has the answer or this expert has the answer yeah. instead of, Hey, actually, you know, a lot too. Mm. And that doesn't mean you're always going to make the right decision or everything will be perfect. But I like to believe that in terms of intuition, like it won't always lead you to success, but it will always lead you to the experiences you need to have, to the growth experiences and all of that. And so giving yourself permission to actually turn inwards and really listen to your own wisdom. And I love to do this by also thinking about like, what would I tell a friend? Because we tend to go, oh, I don't know. This is, I don't know if this happens with your clients, but always go, I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, well, what would you tell me to do if I was in the same situation? They go, okay, well, first you do this, then you do this. And I'm like, so you do know, and you're just scared. So just admit yeah. that you're scared. Yeah. Which isn't easy. We prefer to not know. So anyone listening who's like, I want to do this thing, I just don't know how. It can be confronting to realize I do know how, and I'm just really fucking scared. But once you can let it, be seeing that fear, mm-hmm. then you can really begin working through it. And in our membership, we have a fear setting exercise, which is a Tim Ferriss exercise. We actually really clarify your fears. And I do that exercise every time I'm going through a big decision because 
when you actually get clear on what your fears are, most of the time they make zero sense. Yeah. They're reversible and there are more likely outcomes that are going to be really positive. So my brain's always like, oh no, no, not this time. And I just have to be like, okay, no, wait, let's yeah. check in. And yeah, so journaling is so helpful with that. And to just recognize you do have a lot of answers and you probably do know how, like going back to the beginning of our conversation, like how do you get started? How do, how do you begin taking that action? Like mm. recognize you do know the next steps. You probably don't know all the way there. Like I'd say for either of us, we didn't know how to get to where we are now when we started, but we just knew enough to take the next step and the next step. That often we just cover that up with confusion because it feels better to be confused than it does to feel scared and vulnerable. So many good takeaways. <laughs> I loved this conversation. I honestly feel like we could, I've got so many other things that we could just keep, keep going, but yeah. <laughs> we won't turn this into a three hour saga. <laughs> but honestly, this has been amazing. If there was one piece of advice, one last thing we may have touched on it and you want to expand, or it's something that we didn't speak about at all. One thing that you could leave our listeners with today, what would it be? I think it would just be everything will be okay. I don't know why I feel like saying that, but just like, I know we get so in our heads and we do that because we think, oh, things have to be in a certain way for everything to be okay. Mm -hmm. But to just kind of have that reminder of everything will be okay. And you're having the experiences you need to have and learning the lessons you need to learn, which we hear all the time. You're like, yeah, yeah. But really like remembering as well, this is something that helps me that what I'm going through right now, my future self will be reminiscing about this period of time and will be super nostalgic about it. And I find now like I reminisce about things that at the time I did not appreciate. So yeah. just remembering like you are currently living a time that your future self is going to be missing. And so I like having that approach to things. I definitely don't live in that most of the time, but it's helpful to even just have little reminders that mm. everything's going to be okay. And to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and if you can relate to what I've shared about perfectionism, there's nothing wrong with you. There are things you can do. And it's really just having that compassionate curiosity and that willingness for there to be a messy middle. I'm very much in the messy middle. I don't know if there's ever an end to the messy middle, but just letting that be okay and remembering that that's part of the process. It's not something that we need to speed through and going back to what we're talking about with the growth mindset, a way to tell if you're in the growth or fixed mindset is if you think about having a button where you could push it and achieve your goal, fixed mindset, 100%, they just push the button. It's like taking that um, the ride straight to the top of the mountain. They just want the result because that's what gets them praised. But someone in a growth mindset, you could not pay them to push the button because they know it's through that process, through mm -hmm. the messiness, that that's where the magic is. And I think most of us at some point, like mountains are such a great analogy. I always talk about mountains and things, but <laughs> When you climb a mountain and you get to the top, it feels so much better than when you just got the bus. Oh, that's and so good. Journey. But when we're in that perfectionist fixed mindset, we're like, no, let me take the bus because once I get to the top, then I'll feel good enough. And so we're really in that rush to success. And that's where all that hustle comes from. And we haven't really gone into it too much, but I had real hustle issues and I really have to keep calling myself out on that. And I've now in this place where I don't burn out anymore and I can actually let myself rest without guilt and all of that. But when we're in that fixed mindset, we just want the result because we think if I get the result, I'll finally feel good enough. Mm -hmm. And perfectionists never feel good enough no matter what they achieve. But even so they're like, oh, but it will be the next thing and the next thing. And you're just on that hamster wheel. But 
in the growth mindset, you wouldn't push the button. You want to climb the mountain. Mm. So for anyone right now who's climbing the mountain, I'm there with you. Taylor's there with you. We're all climbing the mountain and it's part of it. It's this, it's what we're going through now that in the future we'll be missing and reminiscing about and nostalgic for. And I love listening to podcast interviews because a lot of them are reminiscing about the period I'm in right now. And it's such a good reminder. I'm like, Oh, I'm in the early days. Like in the whole scheme of things, it's still very early. I'm in the early days. They're like, Oh, back in the day when this was happening, we were building our team and like, I'm in that. So instead of wishing that I was where they are to just be like, hang on a second, they wish they're where I am right now. So just enjoy it and know that that's coming too and that we never will feel better when we achieve the goal. Like that's why we're in such a rush. But I don't know if you've had this. I've had this where I've achieved like six figures was a big one. I was like, oh, well, I know everyone says money doesn't buy happiness, but I know something will change in me when I hit that mark. And then I hit it and I was like, oh shit, I feel exactly the same. Yeah. Next goal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, next goal. Yeah. And before you even hit that goal, you're, you're already working on the next, next goal. And so I was like, okay, well that didn't like, if that's the case with six figures, I know it's going to be the case with a million, a hundred million. Like, so there's never going to be this time where I'm like, okay, now I feel like I've arrived and I'm finally confident or whatever. So it's been powerful to have those experiences, but I think you do need to actually have those experiences to get it because yeah. before that I'd heard, of course, everyone saying that. And I was like, yeah, yeah but something must change. Like, yeah. yeah, it's going to be different. And then to actually experience it and be like, oh, I'm the same person. I have all the same shit and baggage and thoughts and I don't feel any different. Yeah. It's a really amazing revelation to have, but I think you have to experience it. But anyway, my main message is just where they're with you. <laughs> everything will be okay yeah love that so much and it just brings us back to you know like the importance of enjoying the journey and celebrating the now because it's ultimately all you ever have yes that's it so oh what an interview so many good things guys if you enjoyed this make sure you screenshot it tag us both in your stories i know that there was just so many things i love so i'm excited to hear your favorite takeaways as well and for those that aren't already connected with you online where can they find you hanging out Yes. So the best place since you're a podcast listener is to head on over to my podcast, The Perfectionism Project. Also, I'm on Instagram at Sam Laura Brown. And I also have a Overcome Perfectionism Challenge if you're wanting to find out more about perfectionism and how to actually take those steps to overcome it. Because what we shared today is really just the tip of the iceberg. So you can go to samlaurabrown.com slash strong babe and also our membership community. We would love to have you if you want to work with other like-minded women who are all going through this. And in our community, we do live coaching calls where I bring um, members onto the calls and coach them live in front of everyone. And I love, like when I'm a student, I love watching other people get coached. It's when I have the most breakthroughs. Even when I'm not being coached myself, we have a forum. We have so many amazing things in there. Um, so we'll leave a link in the show description for that as well. But yeah, that's that's where people can find me if they want to know more. So good. We'll link all of that in the show notes. So it's super easy for you to go and check it out. But Sam, my love, thank you for coming on. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Me too. I feel like we could talk forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for spending this time with me. If you loved the episode, make sure that you let me know by leaving a five-star review, screenshot the episode and share it in your stories or send me a DM. Make sure you come and connect with me over on Insta at Taylor Ray Peters and check out my website for programs, courses and tools that will help you take everything that we talk about on the podcast to a whole other level. I love you. I'm sending you all the high vibes and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.